Hello and welcome to the very first ever episode of Benview on Spielberg. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Benson, with me. Hi, I'm uh, Justin Kizong. Uh, and this is the new podcast where, where we talk about the works of Steven Spielberg, film by film. Um, today we watch Duel. Uh, what is your relationship to, to Mr. Spielberg, Justin? Um, not a personal one, sadly. No. And, no, basically, I was born in 1983, mm-hmm. which for me meant I was born into thinking Spielberg equals movies for most of my life. Yeah. Because um, by the time I was five, yeah. you can, you know, E.T., Raiders, etc. Yeah. Are part of like pop culture. Yeah. Uh, and pretty much when you think any American kid would think movies, they think Steven Spielberg. So I grew up in that generation. Um, and watching, of course, watching most of them while I was growing up. So definitely a, a very long sentimental attachment to the name Steven Spielberg as a, as a filmmaker. Yeah. You're in that sweet spot as a kid where he's already done, you know, Raiders and E.T. as you mentioned, right. and yet you still had ahead of you uh, the likes of Hook and Jurassic Park. Right. But also not at the beginning of it too. So he wasn't yeah. an amazing discovery. You yeah. Know? Like I, I, he, he I, just, he was, he was McDonald's. He was the, yeah. <laughs> he was the big, the, the big thing that everyone knows and yeah. loves. People eat burgers at McDonald's. People watch movies by Steven Spielberg. That's the American way. You yeah. know, by, by the time I was like, like five in 1989 or whatever. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Matt? Uh, well, I was born in 1901. 91. 91. 91, of course, oh, I meant to say. I was a little bit worried. Uh, yeah, I am an immortal. <laughs> I was born in 1901. Uh, no, 91, I'm one of these punk millennials. I come along. People, Spielberg's been around a while. No one cares anymore. I'm like, ah, Jurassic Park, it's cool, I guess. And, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen a good half of his films. Some of them I love. Some of them I hate. Mm-hmm. Some of them I think are okay. Yeah. But I've never really considered myself a, a, a full-on Spielberg fan, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I, I think what everyone should think, that Jaws is one of the greatest films ever made. Amen. <laughs> uh, even with that, I've never been able to fully get behind Spielberg. But I, I recently realized that uh, I haven't even explored his entire catalog, or, or even really half of it. Right. Which is why I came to you and I said, Justin, you tell me about Steven Spielberg. We had a conversation at a party that mm-hmm. led to this podcast. And um, I definitely I would consider, especially when I was younger, a, a Spielberg fanatic. Yeah. Um, there used to be a book. There was like a series of books on filmmakers for kids, would you believe it or not? Yeah. And like the first book I read was about Spielberg. And and granted, this was like a, a kiddie book. So there were pictures of drawings and such. But yeah. it basically, and I think there was a lot of like mythologizing what happened to him as yeah. he was becoming a filmmaker. He was part of that new generation. Coming. Yeah. But also, like, I think there's a little bit of, like, kind of, like, you know, like, the George Washington cut down the tree thing. Yeah. And, like, like some things that they say he did. I went, now I go, that can't be true. Yeah, the the story of how he, he like, snuck on to the, was it the Universal Real Lot? And that's lot. how he got his first job? Yeah. Oh, uh, that can't be true, That right? can't be true. It's an adorable story, but I don't yeah. buy it. But what that did entail for me was uh, he was one of the first directors I started to learn about. Yeah. And how a career got started. Because at the point, movies are made, and either, for me, it's like movies are things I watched. Learning about Spielberg from that book is starting to, beginning my interest of how movies started getting made. Mm-hmm. And so finding out that he did a short film called Emblem, and like, I forgot the science fiction one off the top of my head, but like, he, he did these short films that led to eventually, you know, doing film work for television, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So I started getting the idea of, oh, you have to start from something? <laughs> yeah. You don't just start by making a movie? Yeah, you don't start by making a movie. It's like, you're smart enough. Here's a script. Oh, yeah. okay. No, like, it's 
it, it, it's you, I get the idea from learning what, what happened to Spielberg is that it is a process and is something that you uh, stumble onto even, but yeah. definitely uh, a lot of hard work uh, become a lot of hard work gets you future film jobs. Yeah. <clears throat> and a lot of people, I think, look at his career and say, oh, his first movie was Jaws because that's like where he first kind of got super big. But yeah. then you look into it and it's like, no, it's that wasn't even his first feature and mm-hmm. even short films and TV before that. Yeah, the, uh, the, he's not the kid. He's the cascades. Oh, overnight sensation. Yeah, he's been doing it for like nine years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, as is the case with most over uh, overnight sensations, right, you usually right. find. Um, so yeah, today uh, we're talking about his first feature length. Yeah. Is that is that fair to describe it as as such? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was a TV movie that proved popular enough to be then released as a theatrical mm-hmm. experience in Europe and some theaters in America, and it's called Duel. Uh, right off the bat, I want to say there's a Bob's Burgers episode that is a, a dual parody that I had no idea it was a dual parody when I saw it, which uh, is now, I think, really uh, Bob's Burgers has taken that that throne from The Simpsons as a show where, you know, that, that, that even as an adult, that is my first experience, my first experience with certain stories. Uh, I actually Bob, don't know about that. I have to... Oh, it's a great... It was the Christmas episode from last year. Oh, I gotta watch that. You get that. chased by a big candy cane truck. That's... Okay, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Check that out. Season 4, Episode 8, Christmas in the Car is the title of it. This is Ben View on Bosbergers. <laughs> um, so yeah, do you? Uh, when did you first see this film? I saw Duel 2007. 2007. Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, I was in film school at the time. Yeah. A friend of mine had a copy. He was uh, he was like a legit Spielberg fanatic. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> he definitely... Uh, he was, he definitely, uh, he was one of like, he finally handed me the copy of the DVD. It's one of those DVDs I've been mean to get anyway, yeah. but I got it and I watched it and you know, uh, it's a thing of just, do you watch it cause you really want to see it or do you watch it cause of yeah. historical context? Yeah. And I really did watch it for historical context, but I did see it before and like seven years ago, Okay, but it's been a very long time. Yeah. And, and so I, I saw it the once and I went, okay, cool. And I gave it back to him, yeah. you know? Uh, so that was the last time you saw it before the other day? Yes. Okay. I watched it for the first time today, mm-hmm. as I was telling you. Um, I liked it overall, I gotta say. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it more than I thought I might. Um, it it kind of made me wish that Steven Spielberg would do horror more, because between this and Jaws, mm-hmm. I think he's got a real knack for it that, that unfortunately doesn't come out super a lot later yeah. in his career, I would say. Would you agree? I would totally agree with that. Well, it's funny, between this, Jaws, and even Jurassic Park, Yeah. Um, he really has a knack for, for the to scary the crap out of you yeah and building tension and i was I, I was thinking about alfred hitchcock which is a, a director that i d- don't care for <laughs> controversially uh i see hitchcock as this kind of weird sociopath who had a really tremendous understanding of what is scary but a terrible understanding of how human beings work so T- totally fair <laughs> you watch psycho and it's like it's amazing because norman bates is not a human being he's this insane crazy scary thing and that works great. And then you watch the birds, and it's like, well, these people are all super dumb. Of course they're getting killed by birds. <laughs> Whereas I think Spielberg is kind of the opposite in that he, he just understands people super, super well. Right. He, he's got a direct line to, to the heart. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's, you right away relate to this guy because everyone's kind of like been followed a little too long on a car. Mm-hmm. And you immediately just start thinking, what's going on here? Am I, right. am I about to get killed on the road? <laughs> <clears throat> it's interesting to uh, also noting the fact that Richard Matson wrote the screenplay. Yeah, and um, like it's 
it's if there's a thing that you never expect experience that you would see in your lifetime the guy who wrote i am legend and the guy who directed et did a movie together yeah and, um, and no nothing supernatural happened. nothing supernatural happened shockingly yeah <laughs> um but you're right no uh matheson also is, has a pretty strong knack for kind of creating kind of normal guys yeah and ironically that's sort of what becomes spielberg's calling card yeah is the normal guy you the audience member yeah gets stuck in something really freaking terrible or something amazingly out of out of your reality yeah and you don't know and how do you react to that and duel ironically starts that that kind of storytelling he does for the for most of his career yeah it's it's kind of uh i don't do you know the story of like how it got made how how he ended up with this project or was it some spielberg shows or do, uh, i don't know you know it's a, it's a funny thing i think it was just another just a job and that's and that's i mean that's what i would assume it was because it's it's like a tv movie it's not like a passion project it's, right uh but it seems it's a good fit uh yeah that's uh and i think also kind of goes to show even if you're someone as, as talented as steven spielberg you need a, a healthy dose of luck to get started too <laughs> because this, he kind of couldn't wish for a better project to, to start him off with for, oh God. for just a TV movie no, that would then launch him into something much bigger, obviously. Well, well it's funny too, right? Because you can imagine for him and Matson, this is a paid gig. Yeah. Matson, like basically, I, I can even imagine Matson or somebody went, I have an idea for a really quick TV movie. Yeah. And it'd be pretty low budget. It's yeah, mostly cheap. one guy. Yeah. Um, He's the only really lead character, you know. Uh, yeah, we have a villain that we don't even need to see. We, exactly. It's mostly outdoors, mostly on the road. There's no sets. It's yeah. in a car. Um, I can write that in two days or something like that. Yeah. Or a week. It's like, okay. Yeah. And then, like, Spielberg is a new young director, and they're like, hey, you want to direct this thing? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, like you said, like, it's the testament of a of a guy's early storytelling skills mm-hmm. is he can take that thing that, that looks fairly pedestrian on the script. I'm sure yeah. what... Matson's a strong writer, but I I will guarantee I feel like the script of Duel wasn't that yeah, <laughs> wasn't that complex. Oh, the truck chases the car. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that was the script. <laughs> so, but uh, but Stephen looked at that script. Like, okay, but definitely I think for me the first shot, yeah, is immediately a calling card of what kind of filmmaker he is. Yeah, I love that it's stark black, and then you hear the engine, and then you pull out from the garage, and yeah. then it stays the car and the silence. Yeah, this movie lives in silence. Yes. And this, it, the whole tone is there's no, it's just engines, and especially if you lived, even if you drive in LA now, you recognize all those roads. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> right at the start of they're driving down the five freeway. Yeah. A couple, couple California boys like yeah, us yeah. know that very well. <laughs> exactly. And it's putting you in, a, if you're living in California, or live, at least live in the LA area, that uh, puts you in a familiar setting and then takes you out of it. Yeah. Or even if you just live in a metropolitan city, it takes you out of it. And it's all, of, again, keeping you in a sense of normality. Yeah. Freeways highways you know all this you're fine you you the person watching this at home you yeah. know we, this is your normal we've done life. this we've this done is this. not it's this, not a challenge no it's not exciting <laughs> no this is just life yeah no not even music not even yeah. like score or even music on the radio he's listened to a radio yeah he's listened to it but it's talk radio talk radio it's, you know, so it's putting you in a lull of yeah life yeah yeah, yeah. um the the font of the title i want to talk about because it's kind of <laughs> weird yeah it, it almost looks like like it, it would fit in as in a zany '90s comedy font. Like it kind of looks like like stone almost, like a little crumply bit. stone. Uh, but it, it, it's it's weird. Duel and dueler. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I could see that. I don't know how I feel about that title font. It's, it was very jarring. Uh, totally fair. Yeah, I mean, I, the opening was like really well shot, and then it's just like zany stone letters duel. <laughs> um, 
Um, like totally, yeah, no, it's yeah. very odd. <laughs> very odd. Even I, because I haven't seen it in a while, I went, oh, that's how it looked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, move on. It's like, it, it, that's weird, though. Yeah, you get, I mean, you get over it quick. It's just, over, uh, but it's very, like, that's a weird choice. Yeah. It's an interesting font choice. Yeah, maybe not what I would have done, <laughs> but... Uh, done, but, man, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, he's driving along. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's stuck behind this truck. Mm. Would you say it's fair to say anything before that? No. no pretty simple, yeah. Uh, truck's spewing smoke at him. Smells bad. Wants to get around it. He gets around it. Truck pulls up back in front of him. Mm-hmm. He's thinking, hey, what, what's going on here? Now, let me ask you this. Because mm-hmm. this, I feel, is the point of no return already. This is where he crosses the line that obviously sets something off in the truck driver. Uh, he, he then passes the truck again. Right. If you're on the freeway and this happens to you, do you pass that truck a second time? Ooh. I depends on my mood. Yeah. I, I will say this. <laughs> yeah. And this is where, again, the relatability yeah. of the character comes in. Like, okay, I want, I'm not going to lie. On my way here okay. to this podcast, to this in the rain, podcast. it is raining right yeah. now. Uh, Southern Californians are notoriously terrible drivers when it's raining. Yeah. We and panic. We panic. We don't know what to do. Exactly. And one car, like, honked at me, behind me. Mm-hmm. And as if I was slowing down improperly which i like no like the other car in front of me was slowing down yeah and then the a-hole honked at me and then got into a not actual lane one of those like kind of like double-lined oh yeah <laughs> but treated as a lane Ooh. and i was what why did you what <laughs> don't honk at me you're the idiot <laughs> yeah, what's going on what's, and then whatever and it took me a minute to just drive off and then all of a sudden my brain went hey that guy <laughs> it was still stewing it was yeah. stewing my brain it's like no so it sounds like maybe you relate to the truck driver I, a little well, not so much the truck driver but it's like to ask the question of the driver you know yeah. the, the, our main character like i said like depend on my day if i had a more calming day i would have been you know what i'm just gonna i'm, I'm just gonna, gonna i'm gonna let it go let it go this is a day where he didn't let it go yeah <laughs> and so if this was dual yeah. And I was in a situation with that mood I told you about right now. You would have passed again. I would have passed again. <laughs> I'd say, and, and again, I think that really only works because I, I don't think I would have passed again mm-hmm. because I would be afraid that something like this would happen. <laughs> Even before I'd ever seen or heard of Duel, right. I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, this guy's trouble. Well, I mean, have you seen the truck? I mean, yeah. That, that is a reason why I would still hesitate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that truck looked like it survived an apocalypse and then came back from the apocalypse to tell yeah, this, you. It's... This, uh, a portal opened in, in Road Warrior <laughs> yeah. and this truck came out. Um, so he passes the truck again. Mm. Speeds away. Right. He's feeling fine. It's the radio show some weird guy who plays meat. As I recall the radio, he, the, the line is, I play meat. Uh, this is a man who plays meat as a musical instrument. And, and it tickled our lead character. Yeah, our lead character enjoyed that. He's like, that's sick. He says at one point, smiling. Uh, he's having a good time. He doesn't know what's about to come. Right. Pulls in the gas station, gets some gas. If he had been, you know, in the mindset that he was later in, he might have thought, hey, just keep going. Mm-hmm. But uh, he stops to get gas. And, and who pulls up next to him at the station but that very truck. Right. That leads into the uh, scene of him calling his wife. Which was not in the TV cut. Mm. I learned online, according to two sources, neither of which are necessarily super trustworthy. <laughs> one was IMDb and one was moviefanfare.com. Ooh, very, you know, <laughs> Yeah. If there is a def- definition of, of uh, quality <laughs> assurance, is yeah. IMDb and 
What was the other one? Moviefanfare.com. Because I was because the uh, the from what I can find online, the the TV cut is just lost to time, mm-hmm. uh, which is a shame because there were some moments in, in this where I thought, ooh, this could you could slice this out yeah. completely. It's, I would say definitely, ooh, that's a little fatty. Yeah, that felt like you tacked on. Yeah, probably this, was the this this might I think this would be better suited as a seventy four minute movie of the week. <laughs> um, what's your thoughts on the of the of the wife scene though? Eh, it's fine. Uh, it's it was written by the producer again according to IMDb. George X. Steven mm. Spielberg hated it, allegedly. Oh, I could see why. Uh, there's a weird moment though where she so she, the wife is, there's there'd been some incident the night before where uh, a, a man was harassing the wife in some way that we don't see, mm-hmm. um, and uh, our our hero David Mann did not. Uh, not saying anything to him. There's a weird moment where she like she looks at her kids. Her kids are in the room, and she wants to. She's like, "Ooh, sh- sh- I should be delicate for these kids." And then she says, "He practically raped me," which is <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, not really a sign that she was choosing her words. Um, actually, it's nice to know that I didn't know that was that was probably one of the inclusion scenes. Yeah, and Spielberg's not happy with it because even I'm sitting there going like, "Richard wrote this scene." Yeah, it seems weird. It's just, I mean, it's 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 time. It's lot. time. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's definitely time filler. And truth be told, that's nothing. Yeah, to the whole movie. Like, uh, I, I mean, outside of, oh, I guess we know what his guy's life was when he's not driving yeah i i had to i went back and rewatched the scene because i couldn't remember what happened already yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to make sure um he's also we established that he he's supposed to be home by 6 30 great it's clearly yeah <laughs> which we um, all know like well that's not gonna happen but this all it, within this same kind of area he 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 has this kind of encounter where the uh, driver of the truck is walking on the other side of the truck and he sees his boots. Mm. That's that's pretty good. I like that. But, I agree. Uh, yeah. And that's the, that's all we really see ever of the driver definitively is Closest, those boots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he leaves the the gas station. Um, has a second encounter with the truck. Mm. Th- this this is the moment when the truck driver I think goes from uh, douchebag to actively trying to hurt him. Yeah. Because they do the kind of dance with the passing and then the not passing again. Uh, and then the truck signals for him to pass. He sticks his arm out and signals from pass. Our hero starts to pass. Oncoming car the other way. And that's a really... That's a scary moment. Because, I mean, we know this. We know what this movie is. We know that it's obviously going to get dangerous. Mm-hmm. But it's still... It's so easy to just imagine yourself in that scenario where, like, if someone signals for you to pass... They're a complete stranger, but you why wouldn't you ever just trust them? Right. You oh even if they were reduced by like before, you you would still trust them in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it, it is almost his death here. Yeah. And I think what's what's really what is frightening about that moment is like you said, like there's that moment of, okay, I'm gonna trust this guy. I mean, like I, you can even argue the he you can imagine being David Mann that we're going he was probably fucking with me earlier. Yeah. And he like was, he's getting his job. He's bored. Off. He's bored. He's, the, he's 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 shipping gasoline twenty four yeah. hours a day. In that dirty ass truck. Yeah. He, the only thing you do is just make fun of me, the yuppie. So yeah. all right, fine. I'm yeah. all right, he's he's done with me. Good. And then yeah, the oncoming traffic, that's that freaky moment where he's like, Wait, why oh. are you you're actually trying to Get me you are hurt. actively trying to you're actually trying seriously to... hurt me what? potentially murder me yeah and then of course now that runs a question a bunch of questions of both audience and david's like why because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i passed you yes yeah, it's like what did i i didn't even flip you off it yeah. wasn't even anything harshly negative i just passed you yeah because you're a big truck <laughs> yeah <laughs> we everyone passes a big truck yeah so, so it is that's again it's the unknown which is the the high point of, of the concept of, yeah. of the driver is that you don't know, and because you don't know, you can't predict what he's going to do. Yeah. And that's the first sign of, 
unpredictability. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, yeah, sure. Come on in. Come on in. Oh, by the way, it's like, oh, you, you just saw it. You just saw the car. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you die? No? Okay. I guess yeah. we can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's real. It's it's sinister. Yeah. It's a, the, the truck is just a villain itself. Mm. Um, so there's a, another... Uh, he he. The truck is going. He tries. He passes it on like a weird dirt road. Right. Gets ahead of it. There's a, a chase scene. There's a few of these sort of long chase sequences in the movie, which are exciting when you see any one of them on their own. But <laughs> when you see three of them that are kind of almost exactly the same, yeah, it kind of drags a little. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it works. They they on an individual level, they each work fine. Um. Uh. He he sees a sign that says Chuck's Cafe in Seven Miles, uh, and he he sees that as an opportunity as a place to stop. He ends up spinning out, destroying the fence of Chuck's Cafe, which he never pays for. That really bothered me. Uh, and the truck just keeps on going. So I was like, okay, I'm fine. Mm. I'm at Chuck's. Right. I'm safe. <laughs> uh, and then how do you feel about this scene inside Chuck's Cafe? Chuck's Cafe, well, um, we cut to, uh, to the bathroom scene. Mm-hmm. And I think we, and this is my personal opinion, the, fir- the one real misstep in Duel is the narration. Yeah. I agree completely. This was definitely the scene that stuck out to me as the most that, that could have been cut. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, according to, and this is, we're getting real sketchy with our sources <laughs> here. Because I could, I mean, there's Only no... the best on the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no official definitive source that says what was in the TV cut, what was in the theatrical cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But according to, but I, so this scene, I thought, okay, 90% of this had to have been added in the theatrical cut because mm-hmm. so much of this is just wasting time. Uh, and a Richard W., who was a member of the forums on, uh, what is the website here, rockshockpop.com. Richard W. on rockshockpop.com says he was a huge fan of the movies of the week in the 70s, and he recalls that none of the voiceover was in the TV edit, which makes a whole lot of sense to me. Which why, even though it's a dodgy source, I'm inclined to believe it. Because it doesn't feel right. No, it it feels completely out of place. And there's two. So there's two instances of the of the VO in this scene. I would say, mm. first is in the bathroom, which I kind of love how crazy the directions to the bathroom are for this small diner. Because <laughs> he's like, hey, "It's the door on the left." Pause. Then you go down the hall, then a left, then a right. <laughs> Which is just such a weird little detail. I don't know if it was in the script, if this actor just went rogue and ad-libbed it. I, I like the idea that it, like, if the actor went rogue and ad-libbed it, Spielberg and the actor went, keep it. Yeah, just <laughs> He's in his weird back part of the country. It's, yeah. it's a very appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then he's in the diner and he has this weird moment where he like ponders man's place in the world and how you think there are rules but then a truck comes along and shows there's no rules oh. it's just super overwritten yeah in a vo that doesn't even need to be there in the first place Mm-mm. uh you take the vo out yeah and you get uh david warner was the actor right uh i want to say that i just kept having to remind myself that it's not michael gross right because he looks a lot like michael gross Total, uh, understandable i can see that uh, uh, it's not i knew it wasn't because i looked it up family beforehand matters, the, <laughs> matters, family, family ties, ties michael uh, gross. or the the tremors, the tremors. series you it's might that know bird from, from tremors um was he did he here's a quick aside for tr- for tremors trivia <laughs> do you did he take over as the star of the films in the second one or or because i know he's the star of the fourth film third film he was he took over okay so second That's was someone fred else was ward the star. it was fred ward's character okay. kevin bacon's buddy from, i thought it was michael gross from the start what are you talking about well no uh kevin bacon from first tremors yeah and then his buddy fred ward you know he the, you, you've seen tremors right yeah first one okay so he his buddy fred ward who thought it was aliens and all that such and then the second movie was fred ward as the lead 
mm-hmm. and then but Michael Gross was still there. And then third movie was Michael Gross on. Okay. That's sad that I remember. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm that's why I asked you. <laughs> I, I know I can trust you. I've only seen the first tremors, unfortunately. Um not not unfortunately. <laughs> no, listen. I love me some Michael Gross. I believe in the fourth one, is it he's is does he travel through time or is, is it like it, his is this, is it's his great grandpa or whatever? It's it's his Buford Tim. Yeah, he's his Buford Tim. Fighting tremors in the old west. That sounds great. <laughs> no, all right. Well, <laughs> Teach their own. Second one, I would I would actually stand that the second one's more entertaining than it has any right to be. Okay. Yeah. But we're not talking this about been Tremors. Tremors. This, this has been Tremors. This, this has been a Tremors, Tremors, Tremors talk. This is a, Tremors talk's going to be a recurring <laughs> segment on Ben Bjorn Spielberg. We'll just take you a quick break. You snuck into it a podcast. It's <laughs> in this podcast. Uh, we're, at, we're at Chuck's. Okay, we're at Chuck's. He gets uh, out of the bathroom. He goes and orders a cheese sandwich. On dry, which he spells out to the to the waitress for some please, reason. Please say this. Please take this statement as best uh, in the right way. That's a very white guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, you won't. See, I'm Filipino, so yeah. my brain's like such a white guy food. Yeah, uh, a, a, white a Swiss, Swiss cheese, Swiss cheese on sandwich rye. on rye. That's R Y E. What what was he? What did he fear the confusion would be with the waitress? <laughs> like, look, sir, she works at a waitress. She's a waitress at a yeah, diner. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she knows what the hell rye is. Yes, yeah. and if she didn't. Is she gonna? What's she gonna bring you wrong? Like, what is she gonna think Rye means instead? Um, can, to go back into the narration for a little bit. Okay. Um, I think the the reason why it's so distracting and doesn't work mm-hmm. is that you can tell that the actor deleted from like just watch those same scenes and you delete it from delete the voiceover and just start watching that scene as it is and. I wouldn't say he's the greatest actor in the world, yeah. but he does his job. Yeah, it works fine without the narration. You don't need it. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the that's that is. I can see why even if if this is an addition, yeah. Steven Spielberg might have been even mad at that because yeah. I can imagine him. I'm going to pretend that he didn't like that. Yeah, so let's pretend he didn't like that, and I can imagine him fighting with the producers, young, however early twenties or whatever he was yeah. when he made this, going, "You don't need it," because he knows visual storytelling in yeah. films is look. He's already freaking out. You can see him looking at the truck. Yeah, you can see him contemplating. You can see him looking at the other guys. You don't need. Him saying, ooh, there's the truck. Yeah. One of those guys, the driver, which is almost literally what the what the VO is. Right. It's, it's him just saying what he's doing that we can already see. Exactly. And But it's, you, I can almost hear a producer going, oh, but no, for the fee. They won't they, understand. They won't understand. It's it's too uh, it's too uh, cinema verite or whatever yeah. <laughs> you know whatever word uh, art already was back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have to put that in there. You're 20 something years old. You, no one knows who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it just goes on way too long. Oh my too, god! Yeah. Which again, literally one shot of him kind of fidgeting nervously, we would have got it. Yeah. Instead, we got five shots of that, <laughs> all with their own narration <laughs> describing it. Um, and it all, so he looks, he sees the line of dudes all wearing cowboy boots, which is what he saw the driver wearing. Mm. So he's, he's thinking one of them is, is maybe, uh, them. There's a nice little misdirect here where one of them leaves and starts to walk towards the truck, but then he just passes it because his truck is parked behind it. Mm. That works. Steven Spielberg is always good at these little misdirects. So they show up in his movies a lot. Yeah. I always think of the one in Jurassic Park, which no matter how many times I've seen Jurassic Park, the little misdirect with the mirror still fools me every oh, time. Yeah. I fall for it every time because the, I'm just so caught up in the moment. and the Velociraptor. Yeah, and the, just, they just charge right into it. We'll talk color. about that more on our dress yeah. part episode. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, th- that, that moment works. And then, like, another five minutes of him <laughs> staring at the, the cheese sandwich being like, what do I do? <laughs> Drinking copious amounts of water. Yeah. So like, you know he's nervous. Yeah, you know he's nervous. <laughs> and again, again, you don't need him to see that he's nervous. Yeah. You see that he's nervous. Yeah. 
In fact, we've already, we've already, it's all, it, even just seeing it has at this point already gone into overkill. <laughs> even if you take out the narration, it's yeah. still way too much. Yeah. Uh, finally, he gets up and does something. He walks towards the door mm-hmm. and tries to kind of see who's watching him. Uh, and when he, he notices one guy, he confronts him and, and fights him. <laughs> it's very unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, turns out that's not the guy. Clearly. And now he, he's got to leave Chucks because he's some lunatic <laughs> starting fights. <laughs> Um, and thus kind of begins the, the the whole our lead character is crazy to other people yeah. routine that happens in this movie. Yeah. Um, which again, I guess is supposed to play the idea to you, the audience, going, is he? To a certain degree? I don't know if that's actually the angle. Yeah. But I, I just feel like. I mean, if it is, I would say that's ill advised because we, <laughs> yeah. we've seen what the truck has done already. Right, right, right. Um, I can argue, I can imagine some theorist out there was saying that's almost what they're trying to go for, but I would say, well, I'm sure that's an element, maybe. Yeah. But the reality is, it's 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 stacking more against him. Yeah, and but I, I would I I think the way that it does work is that again, you can see yourself in the scenario of like, what do you do? Right. Like, how do you convince someone that that that's happening mm-hmm. if it was happening to you? And I mean, you can't call the police and say I'm I'm on this road. Who knows where I'll be in 20 minutes? Right. This is you know minus GPS. I'm in, I'm in, yeah, exactly. I'm in California. <laughs> I was on the five earlier. <laughs> Can you find me? Um. So yeah. So we, the the truck leaves. He gets in his car. Hmm. The truck has already left. So he's like, okay, I'm behind the truck now. We're all good. He he sees a school bus that just pulled over to the side of the road. Uh, kids running around, jackass kids. Oh, the school bus scene. <laughs> yeah, which apparently was also an addition. I knew it! According to uh, moviefanfare.com. Is, uh, if this is, like, taking this as, as actual fact, it's so, I like, as we're starting to figure out what scenes were addition, were you telling me what scenes were to add-ons? I'm going, oh, I bet you that school bus scene was an addition. Yeah. Because it just, again, feels out of place. Yeah. It just feels tacked on. And for... For a few minutes, that school bus scene's on. Um, the kids are the scariest thing in the whole movie. It's true. Because they are... Those are some some horrible rug rats in that yeah. bus. Yeah. And I've, my note here is literally jackass kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, did, let me ask you this. As the expert of the two of us. Yeah. Has there ever been a Steven Spielberg film that did not involve kids at some point? Ooh. Like, at all. Like, yeah. they just... They don't show up, period. Lincoln, maybe? Did he have any young kids in that movie? Or was Joseph, Joe Golet, was that his well, only there kid? There were some young kids in that movie. There were? Okay. Yeah. Are you, you're saying, like, flat out, no children were in the movie, even for a scene? That's I'll, kind of a... No. Would you say more like... Kids don't speak. Okay. Hmm. Like, the, like in this movie, I would not count the kids who she says rape in front of. Those kids wouldn't count, but the it's, school bus kids would count. It's tricky. I mean, like, it's... Uh, I would say, if the theory is to find that, that Spielberg has used kids... Uh, in a fashion in his movies as a major element to the yeah. story, I would say, yeah, a good amount of them. But as kids show, I'm going to even fucking save a Pride Ryan. Yeah. Like Vin Diesel was saving a kid. Yeah. And that was out for Vin Diesel. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, spoilers for saving Pride Ryan. That's like 20 yeah. movies from now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, whoops. Whoops. But no, I feel like, um, I would say not every movie, yeah, not every movie has him, has a kid that's a main part of the story. Yeah. Um, 
It's interesting though, right? Because that you feel like that's synonymous to what he does. Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the reasons why I've, I've been unable to fully get behind Spielberg <laughs> is my rampant hatred of children. Um, well, this scene in Duel does not <laughs> does not help. That. Does not. I, yeah. even, I hated the children. It's yeah. like, these are these kids are like making faces every two every second every minute. Yeah, every he's shot. trying to save your life. He's trying to help. He is I guess helping. Save their life. I guess he their, is their trying their lives to help you, and they are making like 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 blowy fla- blowfish faces at the window and yelling. And the school bus driver is, I guess numb to all this because yeah. he's dealt with these guys for a whole and this day. also gets into the point of of where a, in a horror movie you want to avoid where oh well this character is dumb and that's why bad things are happening to him right and that uh uh man says oh my bumper will get caught mm-hmm. and the bus driver says ah no it's fine and he just and he, <laughs> and he buys gets it. caught yeah and the, bu- the driver <laughs> and of course oh. he gets caught and the bus driver's oh sorry yeah <laughs> he was not a bright man himself either no the bus that, that bus driver was pretty dumb <laughs> um and then uh, well, okay. So, you know, so like the, the cars, the bumpers get stuck yeah. to the bus now, and now we see the the truck, the is, truck again uh, has turned around and, and come back to find him. And again, now he's freaking out. Yeah, and uh, he's trying to tell the the little f- devils that are the children yeah. of this bus <laughs> to get back into the bus or get away from the truck. Well, he I wants guess. to get them off the road right. at one point, and then he wants them. I, I, no, I think they're just being shitheads in general well, at this point. Being shitheads. In this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never wanted that. I'm, I, this will sound terrible. I never wanted that truck to run over children more than that moment. <laughs> yeah, that would have... That... It would have... I feel like a sadistic it, movie. Yeah. A sadistic, like, trauma film would have given me that version of the scene. Yeah. But it's not this movie. No. And nor should it be. Yeah. But they're really terrible. <laughs> yeah, they were bad kids. Uh, but so the bumper finally gets apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, man just drives away. Right. Which maybe, you know... Maybe it would have been safer for him if he'd stayed. But you know what's really hilarious about after man driving away? The truck saves the kids. Truck saves the kids. And I almost feel like that's almost... I I guess part of me almost likes that scene because it's the driver going, one more way to say to fuck you to man, to fuck with him is, oh, you think I was going to kill those kids? No, I'm not. I'm saving them. I'm saving the thing that you could... And they all think I'm a hero. And you couldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) There is something kind of sadistically funny in that regard. Yeah, I think if... (laughs) I think the scene could have worked if if they just got better kids. Shortened it. And and cut it in uh, in one-fourth length, I would say. Uh, Yeah. Because the idea of that, that punch, that punchline to that scene, is almost worth a version of that scene. Yeah. Um... But the first, like you said, is yeah, they, those are the issues. Why they, they they waste way too much time getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so some more. There's some more chase stuff. <laughs> it's kind of hard to analyze though. Yeah, sure. Like, oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, again, they work, but right. There's just there's just one too many of them. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he has to stop because the train is passing. Oh yeah, um, and this apparently was also an added scene. But I like like this scene. This I thought was actually really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the train is crossing. Then the truck has by now caught up with him, and the truck is trying to push him into the train. That's, yeah. Which yeah, that's uh, it's very tense, scary, <laughs> bummer of a moment for for David Mann. <laughs> and this is the bit where he was sleeping in the train in the car, right? No, that was later on. That's later. On. Okay. Yeah. But this no, yeah, no. This is I think this is where you can argue why. This is actually one of the few times, if this is an additional scene, this is one of the few times where it's like, mm, this is how you beef it up for a feature. Yeah. For theatrical ones. Like, you just yeah. need one extra beat. Yeah. And this is a good one. This one works really well. Yeah. yeah. It's to, it's the most, you know, his the, his life is the most a threat here. Yeah. Uh, train. Train versus control. car. Yeah. 
Cars not gonna win, Justin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you can. Also... I don't know if you saw the end of Back to the Future Part Three. Spoiler alert! <laughs> but a train will destroy. Spielberg a produced car. my dad. <laughs> yeah, which um, as a kid I thought he directed because when I, you're a dumb kid and it says Steven Spielberg presents ninety, and you don't know who Robert Zemeckis is. Ninety <laughs> percent of us all thought that. Yeah. Don't worry, it happened to all of us. Yeah. Um, but I think what's great about that, I almost feel like that's a scene where I would even argue the idea that. Somebody like Matson or or, or wished they had a version of that scene. Yeah, but you didn't have, didn't have the time or the budget. Yeah, and because I, I feel like even they one of them felt like oh, we need something like this. Yeah, because they did they did two more days shooting to get the extra scenes in. Yeah, because so. it feels like it. It feels like yeah. It feel like that felt like an addition that seemed that was seamless compared to the bus scene or the the, the, yeah, the, the mother diner panning or the you know, call to the wife exactly. Yeah, um, and this was uh, added I think. Uh, yeah, IMDb and Movie Fanfare both agree that this was added. This, I, got, I got double confirmation <laughs> on that one. From, from the highly esteemed sources of IMDb and what, movie, MovieFanfare.com. Movie <laughs> <Yeah>. I, I <laughs> wish uh, you MovieFanfare.com no ill will. I, haven't, yeah. I, I will look you up tonight and uh, I'll be fair to you. Yeah. I mean, it was it was just a Google result. Uh, <laughs> Wikipedia had no info. <laughs> I mean, we, couldn't get, we couldn't get that esteemed source, unfortunately. Um, All right, so uh, bus, uh, train scene. Yeah, yeah. train... So, it's fine. It works out. The okay. train passes. Mm-hmm. He gets away again. Uh, he goes to a gas station, this time to call the police, because there's a phone there. Right. It's a gas station slash snake farm? Is it a farm? Is that what you <laughs> like, call like, it? Like, I guess a snake farm zoo yeah. type thing? Some kind of, you, can get, you can get gas, and you can see some snakes. I kind of love this place. Yeah, I, I love it, too. And I kind of love... That's, uh, well, the, the first gas station was also a laundromat. I kind of uh, like these weird, you know, middle of nowhere locations where it's a gas station plus mm, something else. Right. And I love the woman who runs it. My Aunt Lucille. My <laughs> Lucille Benson is the actress who plays her. No. She, I'm not actually related, but she does have oh, the same yeah, last funny. name as me. <laughs> um, what about it? <laughs> Could have kept it going to the end of the yeah. episode. Snakerama is the name of this place. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, just to get that in Well, I like her little introduction. She, her little introduction comes out. It's like, oh, hey, she's just ready for a customer. Yeah, and- she's just so happy. <laughs> she's like, want to see mistakes? Yeah. Um, no, she's great. I, yeah. I, she's a little pretty hilarious. Oh, there was a note I forgot to mention from the first gas station, which she calls gas Ethel. Mm. Was that a common thing? I believe so, yeah. 71? Yeah. That seems weird. It is, isn't it? I'm not gonna. You guys are weird in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, you seventies folks are weird. <laughs> what the hell? How long have we been calling it gas? <laughs> <laughs> was it gas before that? Was I or did someone change the system? Was for it you? gas when you were a youngin? That was it when I was a youngin. Yeah, yeah, it was gas. It was gas when I was a youngin. <laughs> yeah. Ethel. When did that? And then it sets him up for his put put Ethel in there. Put put some Ethel in her. Yeah. And the gas station guy says, oh, it depends on how Ethel feels about it. I feel like you're just setting yourself up for, for sassy gas station attendants calling it Ethel. That's probably why they stopped. It's true. The whole country went, I am tired of the sass from the gas station. <laughs> um But no, we're at the snake farm. We're at the snake farm. Yep. Uh Snake Arama. <laughs> snake Arama, I want to point out. Not Snake O Rama, which is the conventional O Rama uh suffix. Um, there's also a dog here, yeah, which is a nice little bit of you know threat. An- another thing that can die <laughs> in the scene, <laughs> which I would think even even forget the truck, like a snake, a dog around that many snakes. I'm already worried. No, no, for sure. <laughs> um, it's funny. It's like the, you're worried about the dog, not the snakes, because screw snakes. Snakes are not cute. Yeah, they're not. They got scales. Dogs <laughs> got fur. Yeah, fur is better. Looks, I'm petting one as we speak. Yeah, you're not petting a snake. I'm not petting a snake. I would be free. If someone happened to him, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so snake farm. He's calling the cops. Yeah. Okay. Um, to very little 
effect. Effect. Yeah. Um, and this is where, like, in behind, in the shot, he's in the phone booth, and then you see the truck. You see the truck coming. And then... This, this ooh, I was on the edge of my seat for I, this one. Oh, my gosh. It looks like he's not going to make it, Justin. Because <laughs> it's really... Because it takes you, the viewer, to take a few minutes to go... A few seconds ago, oh no, oh no, yeah. oh no, it's getting really close. The, to the truck, yeah, the truck is driving towards the phone booth. Yeah, and he's his back's to it, so yeah. he doesn't see it. He doesn't see it. He's on, he's trying to get the police attention. Yeah, it's a very tense moment. Yeah, and you're looking at the time, going, how much more in this movie do I got left? Yeah, is this? <laughs> uh, and he's and then of course just before the truck hits, mm-hmm. he dives out of the phone booth. Yeah, truck takes out the phone booth. The police don't know where he is still. Right. He's he's now on foot, and the truck is just tearing around this snake farm, mm-hmm. killing the snakes. Yeah, uh, releasing the ones that aren't killed. Yeah, yeah. Um, All the snakes are either dead, and therefore your aunt nobody's Ethel's upset. job business is completely in yeah. shambles. <laughs> yeah, she's freaking out. She is screwed. <laughs> she's freaking out. She's trying to save the snakes, <laughs> but it's also it's weirdly satisfying this moment, and mm-hmm. that he finally has an ally. Yeah. And that you know my aunt Lucille <laughs> sees she knows that this truck driver is trying to kill him. Yeah. But it's also at the end of the day pointless because what can, she can't help. Right. Which might this uh this is a real life thing that happened to me once. I was once attacked by a German shepherd. <laughs> um I was riding my bike, mm-hmm. it jumped out in front of me. It was too fast for me to slam the bike, so I kinda hit it a little. Yeah. And it it like bit my leg and I pulled my leg out just in time where I could Ooh. feel its teeth closing, but it didn't quite get a chunk of me. So then I'm off my bike. Just holding my bike in front of me, in between me and this German Shepherd, it's oh losing its mind, trying to kill me. <laughs> and I look around and I see the only other people around are this like elderly couple, a few houses down. <laughs> and I'm like, they can't help me. Right. <laughs> like, if they wanted to, there's nothing they can do. <laughs> and it was a weird moment of, uh, and you know, I, I imagine that's what uh, David Mann felt in this <laughs> when, moment. When, when your parent, when Aunt Ethel, like, because I guess the relief in the scene is Aunt Ethel didn't look at David Mann going. Why did you do? Yeah. He didn't do anything. Yeah. No, I, relief is she's more distracted by she's all her snakes are out. Yeah, she's trying to take care of those snakes. Yeah, but it's but yeah, it, it's a confirmation, like you said, that. Yeah. Oh no, for reals, that truck's trying to kill him. Yeah. That is a hundred percent the case. Not ambiguous at all. No, no, to anyone at this point. No, no, flat out. He he was running him over. Uh, and the dog's okay. Mm-hmm. The dog Ooh. lives. We're all safe. We're we can all, all we can all breathe a, a, a sigh of relief. Uh, she's he flees. He runs back to his car. She's tending to the snakes. And uh, is there another chase scene here? Probably. Oh no! This is when he goes by the other train tracks. This is the one where he falls asleep. Okay. And I actually kind of like this moment quite a bit. I had made a prediction that I wrote down that turned out to be wrong. Mm. So he falls asleep, and then he gets woken up by the train passing. Mm-hmm. I thought the truck was going to be on the other side of the train. You know what? Yeah, I thought so, too. Which uh, would have been a nice surprise, but I, I, I think it also shows how good of a misdirect that is, because mm-hmm. we both thought that was going to happen, right? and then it didn't. And it's it's a breather moment that David Mann needed. Yeah. And even to the string of the audience, because, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like, your last, the last scene is... We just had the biggest kind of encounter of the movie, right? So now it's it's time to just kind of pull back and and, and take it in. Yeah. Um, so he he th- thinks he's safe. Mm-hmm. He drives off, sees a truck just in the middle of the road, yeah. <laughs> slams on the brake. <laughs> like oh shit. Yeah. And this this is kind of really scary because w- at this point he's not in front of the truck, which is the last place he wants to be. Yeah. But. Also, what's he gonna do? Like right. He he can turn around and then the truck will follow him and he will and he will be in front of the truck, mm-hmm. or he can keep going and then the truck will go in the same direction and he'll be in front of the truck, right? Ready for it to slam him again, right? So it's it's you know he's in uh, he's in checkmate. He's not <laughs> technically in trouble, but no matter what he does, he's screwed, right? Um, so that's that that moment works really well. He gets out of the car and sort of stares down the truck at this point. Mm-hmm. 
to to no avail because this truck is as as we've established is inhuman monster. There, yeah, there is no one driving the truck. Yeah, for all it's, intents and purposes. And it's interesting too because you you almost imagine him yelling at the truck. You almost imagine him going to do something like that where he's like, yeah. "Why me?" Blah blah blah. You could have imagined a lesser version of this movie. Yeah. doing that scene, but that you almost feel like his facial expression already gives you all that. So. Yeah, he he stares it down, and we see him. He kind of he looks like a classic like yuppie old man. He just looks weak yeah. <laughs> next to the truck. <laughs> uh, he doesn't need to yell. He doesn't need to do anything. We just kind of have this moment of confrontation where he's like, he stares it down. He's like, "Well, mm-hmm. I guess this is it. I guess." <laughs> I guess one of us is going to be dead by the end of this. <laughs> and it's interesting you brought up, like, yeah, how he looks. And I think that's, a, that's probably why audiences did grab onto the movie yeah. so quickly. We've, we've talked about this a lot in the podcast so far. It's like getting you, the audience, used to it. You, the audience, relate to this. You relate. But more importantly, the casting of, of, of David Mann is allowing, is getting a guy, I think Dustin Warner, now I'm thinking about it. I forgot his you know, actor's name. It's Dennis Weaver. Dennis Weaver. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, no, no. Uh, but you get you cast a guy like him, and you make sure he looks. You didn't cast a sexy leading man. You didn't no. cast a very traditional, traditional handsome dude. You, had, you cast a guy who looks like he play a principal. You cast a guy who or your dad we think is other people. Yeah, <laughs> you cast a guy who we think is Michael Gross sometimes. Yeah, no, and I think like he that, just yeah he fits right in. He fits right in, and I think he's it. There's something to that, to that kind of untraditional casting, and that kind of like making this guy your lead. Yeah, you know, um, because it, you know, like. Usually you have like a very good looking hero or whatever, you you expect that person to survive. Yeah. You see this guy and you're like, How is he getting out of this? Yeah. He's also a classic like seventies T V movie lead. Oh yeah. Like that was the time when you could you were you could do this. Yeah. I don't think you get away with that today. <laughs> no, 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 no. You'd like, have to you'd have to be like the sexy version of mm, this guy if right. it was made today. Short of casting William H. Macy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who I love. He's so. a great man. Very short. I saw him in real at Comic Con once walking down the street. I believe that. He's yeah. like he seemed like a short but classy what? dude <laughs> oh sorry i just had a memory that i could not stifle because uh, i just watched the lincoln lawyer lately mm. and uh, i was trying to remember to myself what movie i just saw him in and it was the lincoln lawyer okay. william h macy yeah all right it's a bad movie oh okay <laughs> he's good in it mcconaughey's good in it. it's a bad movie that's a ben view on spielberg recommends <laughs> don't watch the lincoln lawyer unless you can somehow get like some weird supercut where it's just mcconaughey and macy scenes <laughs> Um, um, but no, so he, so now he flags down a car, car is driving by. Yeah. He, he flags, and this is kind of a cool moment where he is sort of aware of the rules of the movie yeah. in an almost meta way. Yeah. Where he tells them to go call the police because he knows the truck won't go after them. Right. Um, but they don't want anything to do with him. Because mm-hmm. this is getting another case of he's coming off crazy. <clears throat> yeah. To I imagine also this is the same couple that ran into Marty in Hill Valley uh, <laughs> 15 years earlier. Right. Because it's a very similar exchange where the, where the it's an old couple mm-hmm. and the wife is like, don't help him, get away. <laughs> I, I would like to know, if, does that, will that ever work? Will that ever Flagging work? down a car and, 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 and demanding they help you. Please listen to me. <laughs> didn't work for Marty. Didn't work for Marty. Didn't work for, for, for David Mann. Kevin McCarthy, I want to say, was the main character in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You're correct, and I don't think it worked for him. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think unless you look like Brad Pitt or Matthew McConaughey, you might be fine. Even you if know you're what? Matthew I mean, McConaughey and, you're, you're, and you've got a history of naked bongo drumming, <laughs> you uh, might still be uh, regarded as a crazy... <laughs> Touche. Um, <laughs> all right. So the couple drive off. And now you're right. That's actually a really interesting way of looking at it. Like he's, because at this point, it's like I've, yeah, it is like a weird game of chess. Yeah. So at this point he's learned, okay, well, if I do this, he yeah. won't do, he won't do yeah, this. He saved the kids. He did kill some snakes, but in, in a way that was clear, he was only trying to get me. Right. He didn't hit the old woman. Right. He just hit her snakes. 
So he knows that everyone but him is safe, basically. Right. And that's an interesting angle for essentially a horror film. Yeah. Because normally, you know, they kill everybody yeah. in these horror films. You know, And generally, a traditional horror film, everyone goes out. Yeah. But in this film, um, no. And that makes it even scarier. Yeah, because, I mean, the stakes are low, but they're, to the one character you, you care about, they're yeah. extremely high. Yeah. And the fact that they're so low for everyone else means that, you know, there's a focus to it mm. that is frightening. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the couple drives off. Trouble drives off. Mm-hmm. The uh, the couple drives off because the truck backs up mm. and backs up right next to man's car. Right, and then just drives forward again. <laughs> it's a real threatening move. Yeah, real yeah, power yeah. move. <laughs> um. So he gets back in the in the in his car, pulls up directly next to the truck, and just kind of has this moment of okay. <laughs> let's do this <laughs> and then he drives off puts his sunglasses on uh, yeah puts his, yeah. there's a very dramatic he puts his sunglasses on puts the seatbelt on mm-hmm. it, it's him suiting up yeah. he's like he's kind of <laughs> steeled himself he's like I, there's no way I can avoid this thing mm-hmm. we're going to have a car battle now <laughs> really the, the the first time and the last time until Jack Reacher years later when we would see car on car combat in the film <laughs> um <clears throat> So then we have the blast of the chase scenes. Yeah. Uh, this one's exciting, though. There's a really great moment where he sees what he believes is a police car. Uh, oh, that was great. He pulls up to it, and we don't see his reaction. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say anything. It's just this great unspoken moment where he pulls up to the police car. We, we the audience, see that it's a pest control company <laughs> that have just designed themselves to make to look like a police car, which was that not illegal in 1971? I, I almost imagine that guy uh, who painted a car went, oh, these look good, and didn't realize. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like his friend a couple days ago was like, you know your car looks like a cop car, right? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's a great, again, it's the psych out. It's the, yeah. the, 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 uh, the, the turn of the scene where you yeah. go, oh, great, he, the misdirect. Yeah. He's very, this whole movie is mostly with some great misdirects and that's my favorite one that's a great one it's like oh my gosh and like oh he's still screwed (laughs) yeah still screwed and the pacing of this one is so perfect unlike some other scenes in the movie Mm -hmm. this it's so quick as soon as we see that it's a pest control car he is already driving away again yeah and that's a good point on your end it's like there's no no reaction shot of him slamming his fist into the steering wheel going damn it it's like no we know yeah we we, we know because we feel that way right so exactly it's like oh he has an out there's an out no he doesn't yeah and because that will kill the momentum of seeing him a reaction shot the scene yeah. like, no, it okay. just keeps going just keep going. keeps moving keeps moving yeah, yeah, yeah really great stuff um so he takes off again and then his car breaks down mm-hmm. and here's where the movie kind of struggles for me because of my intense lack of knowledge of cars uh so earlier scenes um, there had yeah. been a problem with the radiator hose yes um see even with the, the shirt <laughs> the, how sure i was saying just those words <laughs> shows my lack of knowledge about cars there's something with an Engine, very is close, Matt. Very close. Engine, engine, engine. Like you're drinking gin. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, so the radiator hose craps out. Mm-hmm. Hoses, hose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How? Okay. <laughs> your lack of your, your lack, listen. I'm not. I'm no. I'm, I'm no better. Yeah. But um, your lack of car knowledge <laughs> is is very frightening in this moment. <laughs> um, so, but the car is broken down. Right. And here's where I got confused is because there's a moment where he shifts into neutral and he's going downhill. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was just coasting. Yeah. But then there but then later he's driving again. So was he actually like is that like when you get a push and you can start the car again? I'm a little confused on that too, actually. I almost feel like it's it feels like that's actually I feel like that's the answer, because he just 
it's like a push and he was able to yeah because then he because yeah. then after that he is actually driving again yeah um though he seemed like he was driving far longer than he should have yeah would have broken radiator hose um because the implication in that first moment was definitely that the car was broken, it was stalling out, it could not go at all. Right, yeah. Again, building the tension, building yeah, the, yeah. the stakes against them. But this is a moment where I feel, yeah, this, this, these few moments where I was kind of like, hey, how long is that car lasting? Yeah. That's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, how many bullets in that gun? Yeah, it's how many one, bullets? It's one of those situations. Yeah. I guess the classic movie case of, go with it? Yeah. Like, all right, the movie's almost over, I'll go with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Questionable, but I'll go Through with some it. kind of magic. Yeah. The car is working again. <laughs> mm-hmm. and But he has crashed into a, a cliff face, and he is now stuck. The truck is coming at him. Mm-hmm. So he, he rigs together a system where he has jammed his briefcase onto the accelerator. Yeah. And uh, he, he rolls out and launches the car at the truck, um, which which pays off. Yeah. He ghost rides the whip for a minute. He, he, <laughs> he hangs out the, at the door. Yeah. Then he jumps out. Um, it's it's a it's a, he's in luck that the truck was uh, carrying mostly flammable fuel. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> as stated on the truck. Yep, there it is, said it is big fl- letters flammable. flammable. <laughs> um, which also here's a great thing too, right? Also, there is still an added bonus of danger for our character as well because of that. Because what if he stops and David? Let's say he's in front of David and he yeah. stops abruptly and David crashes into the car. Not only does he crash into the truck... He crashes into a, a <laughs> huge <laughs> drum of gasoline. Exactly. So it actually is another uh, another ability of just adding more danger to him. Yeah. Ironically, in this case, it helped him out. Yeah. <laughs> so the truck blows up and goes over a cliff. Mm-hmm. Just and in case. <laughs> just really just... That was actually yeah. the icing on the cake yeah. is, is the falling in the cliff. Yeah. I mean, the blowing up is fine. Yeah. But to really be sure. Yeah. Um, and now we're just... With David... Now David Man is just... Hanging out. In the desert. In the desert. It may it's, still die. <laughs> may still die. It's going to be dark. Yeah. And he doesn't have... It's going to be coyotes. Phone. Coyotes. We know there's snakes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there doesn't seem like there's going to be any streetlights anytime soon. No. Um, and the movie... he it's, it's actually a really haunting final shot. Yeah. With him silhouetted and the sun's going down. And especially when it hits you, this was one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was... Yeah, this was just a day in his life. <laughs> yeah. Maybe his last. And that's kind of where it's yeah. a bit haunting. Um, and yeah, the credits. Yeah. Yeah. That was dual. <laughs> yeah. It was a fun ride most yeah. of the time. Mm-hmm. Also, one quick note, when the, when the car goes, when the truck goes over the cliff, there's a, a small dinosaur roar sound effect kind of buried in there. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. if you listen closely, you can hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that exact same effect is, is later used in Jaws. Actually, and I, I think for, for mm-hmm. obvious yeah. connections yeah. for him, and it's funny because that's one of those, I just, like, that's, you can tell it's a, that's one of those, the director who did it. For kind of just himself. Yeah. There was no internet for him to tell about that or no. tweet that. Like, did you guys get it? Yeah. It's like, no, it's like, no, that amused him. Yeah. It and was just for him. And then also, like, it, when we get to Jaws, there's a there's a thematic connection for Duel yeah, and Jaws. Yeah, definitely. But we'll wait for we'll get to Jaws. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Duel, Duel overall, it's been a while since I've seen it. But, yeah. uh, you know, but for you, like you said, overall, it's, it is, in fact, pretty enjoyable. Yeah. It's definitely, you definitely see why why Spielberg is, is went on to do great movies. Yeah. You can see the seeds here. Yeah. Oh, this it's definitely... It's interesting to also realize, like, why did this movie that started as a TV movie became a theatrical film? Yeah. Or even considered to become a theatrical film? That rarely happened. Yeah. And, and it's very clear that, like, whatever happened that night, whoever was deciding, I'm going to watch this TV movie, I'm going to eat dinner with the... We're going to eat dinner with the fam, and then me and the wife are going to watch this movie. Yeah. And 
TV movies, even you know, for various degrees, have been good or bad or whatever, like any movie. But then this comes along, and everyone's like, "What just happened?" Yeah, everyone just kind of takes a step out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's in a weird I don't way. Know how you do that? Would you always say it's almost Twilight Zoney? Kinda, yeah, yeah. I, and I think a lot of the movie of the weeks, kind of of that era, had that feel mm. to them. But you know, it's not supernatural, but it is definitely it's it's you know, there there's a direness to it that I think is common <laughs> to a lot of the Twilight Zone episodes as well. Yeah. Um. But also, yeah, like getting seeing how he did it. It's definitely one of those things where he stood out. Yeah. And I think it's really, it's clear when you see like someone standing out that much. Yeah. With, with, with that limited resources to make that much of an impact. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can absolutely see how he would go on to make one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever made within that same decade as, yeah. as his first like major, major film. Yeah. No, it's definitely, uh, no, it's interesting. That's why Duel is still always good to examine Duel. Yeah. It's if definitely you, worth a watch. No, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Uh, plugs. You want to do plugs? Um, sure. Uh, go ahead. Why don't you start off? Uh, uh, go to BenVNetwork.com. Uh, you can find that podcast here, obviously, but you can also find the other shows that I host, like Benson's Boombox, Popsicles, Matt and Breno's Wrestling Show, and Shut Up Leonard. Those are all on BenVNetwork.com. You can find them all on iTunes as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Matt Benson. That's Dr. Matt Benson. Uh, and you should do stuff to us on iTunes, like uh, write us a review. Rate us and subscribe to us. Those all help us. Um, and check out the, uh, some things I wrote for a website, but I'm, I'm sure Justin will tell you more about that. Yeah. Um, this uh, I uh, I currently also am the, one of the many bloggers on agentsofguard.com, which uh, we will definitely be posting. If you're a, a regular reader of the site, you've probably found the link already there. From there, yeah. From there as well. Uh, agentsofguard.com. Matt has definitely written several articles yeah. uh, he's currently our wrestling dude yep i'm the wrestling correspondent um <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's ever written some really good articles a uh, whole godzilla overview uh overview yep uh i do write-ups every monday called looking ahead yep um you can follow me on twitter at justin Kizon q u i z o n it's one one word you ever need to remember just remember the quiz is on quiz is on yeah uh and uh, look us up for Agents of Guard on also on Twitter at Agents of Guard at Agents of Guard on Twitter and on uh, Facebook. Uh, that is it. Yeah, like this show on Facebook too because we you know we want to get to that number yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, the whatever magic the number, number is, we want it. Yeah. <laughs> Just give us the number. Yeah, give, give, give us the number. A fucking number. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we, we got a little angry. Um, but yeah, so that that wraps it up for today. Yeah. Uh, join us next month when we will be talking about the Sugarland Express. Yeah, Sugarland Express. Yeah. All right. See you then. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.